0: Hey guys, good morning, good morning, good morning. I hope you are doing awesome on this Easter Sunday morning. What a, what a great day. What a great reminder of the hope we have. How cool is this? Easter, what what does this mean? Does, does it mean chocolate? Does it mean candy? Does it mean a bunch of peeps? As good as those little baby marshmallows are. That is not what Easter is all about, even though our kids enjoy all the candy and the chocolate and the eggs and the fun. Easter is so much more, so, so very much more. And I want to share with you a message today that I hope is going to challenge us, stir us up a little bit, but I hope bring a sense of power and hope to our lives that No other message could ever bring. And I hope this word today will change our lives forever. Forever. And I hope maybe this will be the message you can share with somebody you know that will help them realize what God has done for us. Psalm chapter 30, verse 4 says this. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. That's awesome, isn't it? Just praise God. Praise God. No matter what, just praise the Lord. And he goes on to say, verse 5, For his anger, for God's anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. What a powerful passage. It, It literally means this. For a moment in God's anger, for a moment in his anger, but rejoicing comes for a lifetime. His moment lasts a short period of time, but his favor lasts for a lifetime and beyond. What a powerful passage! So what the psalmist is saying is this, weeping may come for the night and stay for the night, short time, but joy, true rejoicing comes for a long time. How true is that? Life, life that we live on this earth, it's like a series of of ups and downs and ins and outs, times of peace, times of chaos, times of struggle, times of fight. And there's no telling what tomorrow may bring. There is no telling what might come next. But here's the truth of the scripture. Here's the truth of God's grace and love for us. If you are holding on to Jesus through this life, then joy, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you will go through forever in this world, joy will come in the morning. It always comes in the morning. Joy always comes. Easter is a celebration. It's it's on this day that we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate one of the greatest events Ever to happen in the history of mankind from creation to this very moment in time right now. Easter is a celebration. It's on this day that we celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead, that Jesus is alive. It's why we come to worship on the first day of the week and not the last day of the week. It's the first day that Jesus rose from the dead. Sunday, the first day of the week, we celebrate that Christ is alive and that the tomb, the tomb is empty because death, even death and the devil could not hold Jesus down. Death has been conquered. The sting of death that separated you and me from the creator has been dealt with by Jesus. And he has removed the power that death holds on mankind. It no longer has to separate us from God. You and I have hope. You can and you will get out of this place alive. We can and we will get out of this place alive because Jesus has made a way. He has conquered the grave. Death no longer has its grip on you and me. Jesus is alive, and because Jesus is alive, you and I can be made alive as well. We are in the middle of this buckle up series where Jesus makes statements when he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, or Truly, truly, I tell you or I promise you and in today's truly truly statement Jesus is not going to say a word he's not going to say it he's just going to demonstrate it he's going to live it out without one word Jesus is going to say a mouthful to you and to me today in the most silent way Jesus is going to say this He's going to say this, truly, truly, I say to you, what stone? Would you pray with me? Father, I I pray that in this, this time together, in these moments that we share, God, that you would speak very loud and clear to our hearts of just how much you love us, and what you were willing to let your son go through, that we might come back into a relationship with you. All that you have done, what you have provided that we might have life and have hope for eternal life in heaven with you one day. Thank you, God, for the hope we have. Open our eyes, open our ears, Open our hearts and our minds, God, to you right now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Easter is is about a resurrection. It's about the resurrection. But before we can truly appreciate, really, the risen Savior, we must first come face-to-face with the crucified Savior. See, things always get tougher before they get better, don't they? I mean, think about that in your own life. Things always get a little harder before they get better, whether it's a construction job or a reconstruction job or surgery or whatever it may be. They get tougher. When they get tougher, the things of this world, what happens is we get tougher because they got tougher. And that's a good thing, right? Any athlete worth their salt will sweat will bleed and will experience exhaustion in their pursuit to be the best. And an athlete who doesn't, who doesn't, will be beat out by all those who do and will find themselves sitting on the bench. Surgery is another example of a painful process, healing up from a hip surgery or from a knee replacement Hurts. My brother Bob is going through that right now. It is no fun. The rehab is no fun. The stitches are no fun. The, the 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 pain involved in rebending your knee after that surgery is no fun. Any surgical process is painful. But the relief and the health that we experience afterwards is well worth the pain and the agony and the torture and the surgery. I've never gone through childbirth but I've witnessed it a few times and I can tell you this, it's not fun at all. But that baby, that baby makes it all worth it. When you're holding that child in your arms afterwards, the pain is gone and you feel it no more. We all know the expression through the fire, right? And that sometimes you have to go through a little hell to get to heaven. Today, today, for you and me today, pain and agony is going to lead to a celebration. And we're going to see very clearly that joy comes in the morning. That no matter what you go through in this world, if you're hanging on to Jesus. Joy is always going to come in the morning. That God is always going to have the last say, no matter the pain, no matter the process, no matter the hurt. No matter the difficulty, God is going to have the last say. And if you are holding on to him, then the joy is going to be yours in the end. Mark chapter 16, uh, verses one to eight, here's what happens. When the Sabbath day was over, and that's Saturday, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus's body very early on the first day of the week just after sunrise they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb but when they looked up they saw that the stone which was very large had been rolled away, and as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in white robes, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus of Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples, and Peter He is going on ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Resurrection Sunday. We call it Easter Sunday. We celebrate it with Easter eggs because the world has added all this extra hoopla to every holiday that we have. But Easter Sunday is not about a bunny. It is about Jesus Christ buried and raised from the dead. The last week of Jesus's life was a grueling week. The roughest week in all of history. We call it the Passion Week or we call it the Holy Week. Some call it Good Friday, but there was not much good about it except what came out of it for you and me. For Jesus, it was not a good Friday at all. For the disciples, it was not a good Friday at all. For anyone connected to God in a positive way, it was not a good Friday in any way. A bit of warning for you as we get rolling into this. As this week of Jesus's, this last week, builds to the climax, this is going to get a little uncomfortable. It's going to get uncomfortable for you and for me. But what i love for us to remember is that this discomfort level that you and I are going to experience as I talk about this is nothing compared to the discomfort that Jesus actually went through in reality. Our discomfort is nothing compared to his discomfort hanging on a cross. And so our little bit of discomfort is going to have to be in order for us to begin to appreciate what God has done for you and I. So be warned as we move through this, it's not gonna be graphic or that painful, but it is going to be a little bit of discomforting for you and I. And I hope what we're going to remember most of all, it was that Jesus went through this for you and me. It was my sin, it was your sin that put Jesus in this position. It was the last week of Jesus's life in the physical on this earth. And he had not had a whole lot of sleep during this week. None of the disciples did. It was a very intense week. There was a lot going on. There was a tenseness in the air leading up to the weekend to come. The week begins like this. Jesus comes riding in on a donkey. People are yelling, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed be the name of the the Lord as Jesus triumphantly comes into Jerusalem riding on a donkey and they're laying down palm branches and they're laying down their cloaks and they're celebrating Jesus as the Messiah. And Jesus is fulfilling the scripture that he would come riding in on a donkey. He stays in and around Jerusalem for most of this week. He curses a fig tree because it didn't bear any fig figs. And he did that as a sign to the Jewish nation for being unfaithful and for being unfruitful. So as a sign, he curses this fig tree. In this last week, he teaches many parables that all talk about what the kingdom of God is like. He he is challenged by the Sadducees in this last week. They are the religious leaders of the day, and he denounces the Pharisees and the scribes, who are also Jewish leaders. On Tuesday of this week, Jesus is going to leave the temple area, and he's going to go to Bethany. Judas begins to conspire against Jesus. And on Thursday, Jesus is going to go into the upper room with his disciples where he is going to wash their feet. He's going to share with them in this last supper where he's going to institute the new covenant in his blood and in his body. He breaks news that Peter is going to deny him and he exposes Judas as the betrayer. The night has come. And they go out into the garden of Gethsemane on Thursday night. Jesus is going to pray. And what the Bible describes is sweat drops of blood pouring or oozing out of Jesus's body. You and I, when we're in intense heat or working out or, or working in the yard and we're sweating, it is wet and we get we get drenched in our sweat the the droplets coming pouring from jesus's pores are going to literally be of blood as he in agony is praying to his father to remove this cup from him but in the end jesus is going to say not my will but yours be done Judas in the moment is leading a group of soldiers, Roman soldiers, to the garden because Judas knows where the disciples are going to go that night. And he leads this group of soldiers to the garden to where Jesus is. They have torches, they have swords, and these are Roman soldiers. They do not play games. Peter in the garden, is going to draw his sword as Judas and the soldiers approach and he is going to chop off the ear of the high priest's servant. His name is Malchus and Peter is going to take his ear off because he misses his skull and he chops off the ear instead and Jesus is going to pick up the ear or the dangling ear, whatever the case was, And Jesus is going to put it back on Melchizedek's head and heal his ear. Jesus is going to be arrested. Judas is going to walk up to Jesus and give Jesus the Judas kiss on the cheek, signifying to the soldiers that this is the one who is Jesus. And they are going to arrest Jesus and they are going to lead him away. Jesus is going to appear before Annas. He's going to prepare, be brought to Pilate, to Caiaphas, to Herod, to the Sanhedrin, all in this Thursday night, early Friday morning, and then again back to Pilate. Peter is following from a distance, and Peter denies Jesus three times, just like Jesus said he would. Judas is lurking in the shadows at this point, and Judas is now going to go out and hang himself. And Jesus is now being led away to be tortured, tortured. It's late into the night, the beating is going to be severe, so severe that most people don't even survive the beating. It's a Roman form of execution and torture that begins with a beating. Stripped of his clothes, humiliated beyond human hate mocked and spit upon Jesus is flogged it involves this wooden post where the person is, is 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 tied to it upright where their back and their neck and their back of their body and their legs are exposed they are stripped of their clothes and then with a flagrum a flagrum a whip with leather strips with bone and rock in the leather strips Two men, professionals called lictors, stand on either side of the body of the person and begin to whip their back, ripping and shredding their flesh from the neckline to the back of their legs, up and down their back, exposing ligaments and muscle tissue and all kinds of inner body part as they rip the back of the person apart. It's a scourging. It's a flogging. It's meant to kill. Or it's at least meant to bring the person as close to death as they could get them. They didn't want to finish them off because they wanted that person alive when they went to the cross. Jesus then is made to carry his own cross through the streets of Jerusalem. The Via Della Rosa, it's called. A route that Jesus took from where he was flogged to where he would be executed. The place of the skull, also called Golgotha. The Via Della Rosa, simply meaning the way of suffering or the way of sorrow. Jesus is carries his cross, and Jesus is almost at the point of death. He has extreme exhaustion, no doubt has set in. His blood loss has been severe. His body is probably trembling and going into shock. He can't even carry his cross the entire distance, and so they make a man by the name of Simon from Cyrene pick up the cross of Christ and, and lead Jesus to the place called Golgotha. There, Jesus is going to be nailed to the cross and suspended from the earth. It's Friday morning. It's been the hardest week in human history. The worst week in human history. History. There is no other week as evil and as hateful as this week has been. You know, you and I have tough weeks in our life. We experience tough times in the chaos of life. But we will never experience a week like this that Jesus went through for you and for me. For six long hours, Jesus is going to hang on a cross. He's executed or nailed to the cross at 9 a.m. And he isn't taken down until 3 p.m. The three hours from noon till 3 p.m. are hours of darkness. His final words from the cross at 3 p.m. are going to be, It is finished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Jesus breathes his last breath, and the sky is going to go dark. This is the middle of the day. This is noon, and the, the sky is going to go dark. The earth is going to shake. Rocks are going to split open. Tombs are going to open. The curtain in the temple is going to be torn from top to bottom. And to be sure that Jesus is dead, a soldier is going to thrust his spear into the side of Jesus, hitting his heart in the sack around his heart. As he pulls out, water and blood is going to gush from Jesus' side. It was Friday. And Jesus is now dead. It is finished. The Roman centurion confirmed his death, sent word to Pilate that Jesus was dead. Not a bone was broken. They didn't have to break his legs like they did, probably, to the other two that were crucified breaking their legs so that they could no longer hold themselves up so that they would just suffocate and die. The spear thrust into Jesus' side finished him off. And so Pilate gave Joseph of Arimathea permission to take the body and prepare it for burial. And so Joseph and his friends take Jesus down from the cross, clean up his body, cover it in linen and prepare it for burial. And Pilate, Pilate has guards, Roman soldiers guard the tomb where Jesus is laid. And the stone is put in front of the tomb. And the stone is sealed with a Roman seal. And guards are posted outside the tomb to guard it so that nobody would mess with the tomb. It's Friday night. Friday had come, the week of agony and pain and misery, torture and hate is finished. Saturday comes and goes, all day Saturday. Think about that for those early disciples. The guards guarded the tomb. The religious leaders were thrilled that they had pulled off this execution of Jesus who caused them so much trouble. The devil rejoiced in the victory that he thought he had won. And the disciples, no doubt the disciples, were stunned, confused, and afraid, probably gathered in an upper room somewhere where they wondered what might happen to them. Wondering, honestly, what just happened? Like for three years, we walked with Jesus. He did all kinds of cool things and miracles and healings. And now, in these last few days, their whole world got turned upside down and Jesus was hanging from a cross before they knew it and now buried in a tomb. And three days have gone by. Friday and Saturday. And then came Sunday morning. Sunday morning and early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, right? Mary Magdalene and some other woman they go to the tomb. They bring spices because they're going to anoint Jesus's body. There's a stone in front of the tomb and it's huge, and so they're wondering uh, how they're going to move it. Maybe the guards would help them. Matthew describes what happens next like this: Matthew chapter 28, verse two. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified, he is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. And they do. And then filled with fear and filled with joy, those women run off and they tell the others that he is alive, that he has risen from the dead just like he said he would. And there is no doubt in my mind that together they remembered the things that Jesus had said to them. Words that he taught them and talked to them about the resurrection and about death. When he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up again. When he said to them, I am the resurrection and the life after he raised Lazarus from the dead. When Jesus said that the Son of Man would be handed over and persecuted. There's no doubt that they remembered. There's no doubt in my mind that they remembered those words that Jesus never even said when he said to them in silence, Truly, truly, I say to you, what stone? What stone? What stone could possibly hold Jesus in that grave? There isn't a stone in the world. There isn't a force in the universe. There isn't anything in all creation in all of existence, that will ever hold Jesus in that grave. See, to Jesus and to the disciples, they had to remember what stone. What stone? Easter is all about celebrating. It's about celebrating life, life in Christ, new life in Jesus Our hope for eternal life in heaven, the only hope that you and I have. And and my question to you on this Easter morning is this. Do you have the hope in your life for this new life in Jesus? Have you surrendered your heart and your mind and your life to Christ? Is Jesus Lord and Savior? Have you been immersed into Christ? Are your sins forgiven? I hope, I hope that you and I can claim the very same truth that Jesus shared with the disciples, and that is there isn't a stone that can hold you down if you are in Christ God bless you guys. Have an amazing Easter Sunday and a great week. And may every day be Easter for you and me who are in Christ and have this new life in Jesus. I hope that that hope is your hope and that's all the hope you will ever need. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.